2: Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders, our Week 17 edition to close out the 2019 season. And uh, we brought on a special guest uh, to close out the season. Uh, we've known him from years past. He filled in for Daniel. Uh, and you guys know him as, I uh, used to be Dude Fantasy Bro, but we know him as Scott from PFF. Uh, Scott, what's up? Uh, welcome back. Week 17, uh, it's going to be a fun week in DFS out there
1: yeah Britt it's it's a, a typically a wild chaotic week you know it, it's kind of tough to do this podcast on a Thursday you know so much late news yet to come but uh, I'm excited to to navigate these murky waters with you.
2: Yeah, and uh, we had to put on our matching ugly sweaters. Now That's I can great. never call—I can't call this an ugly sweater. Uh, the fiance or the well, wife. Now she's watching downstairs, probably. So I gotta—I gotta wrap I gotta the Mickey Mouse uh, ugly sweater, and uh, we wanted to have a little fun. Hopefully, everyone out there listening had a good Merry Christmas. I know mine was good. Um, so uh, yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year. And, uh, Scott, let's get right into football because this is a fun week. There's a lot to digest. You mentioned there's some news. Um, but the good thing, normally we start this off with some Thursday chatter. Guess what? No Thursday games. So we can just kind of go past that segment. And uh, I want to talk about some bets on here because it's been uh, – you know I, I had a really good week on the bets. My bets on 3 and all last week. I think all, all my takes were fire on here. My If you watched uh, Crunch Time on Sunday morning – I had some pretty good calls on that so hopefully I can do it one more time for you to close out the season so my first one I've got it pulled up here on Green Line on PFF is uh you know I got I got the Eagles and Giants here and I and I see the Eagles and uh, I'm looking at the Giants to play spoiler for the Eagles here I think the Giants are, are closing out the season pretty good they got a strong offense led by Daniel Jones and that Eagles defense I think is is absolutely horrific there I think they're going to be without Zach Ertz too who did most of the damage against the Giants in, in that first meeting uh, I'm looking for the Giants to play spoiler I think it's plus four right now I'll take them I like the Giants to win this game straight up I like a lot of weird teams to win this week Scott so I'm taking the Giants uh what do you have? you got to
1: lean on that uh no not really uh haven't looked at uh betting odds too much but but I see right now uh you know, Dallas is at home, favored by 11. Uh, case Keenum's starting, uh, so I like that more than if Haskins were starting. Um, yeah, but yeah, we, we, we talked about this before the show where it's like uh, the Rams are at home, favored by 3.5 against Arizona. How does that make any sense unless Vegas just knows the Rams are sitting all of their, their starters? And I think that is the case. And then even then, it's like, like who are you going to bet on Blake Bortles versus maybe Kyler Murray, maybe Brett Hundley. And it's just like, it's just such a weird. You're just playing the home field advantage. I, I guess so. Yeah.
2: Um, the other bet I like is uh, I like the the Steelers Ravens. I like the under in that game. Now I was looking at this pre-Christmas and it was at like 38 and a half or 39. And I was feeling pretty good about it. The problem is right now, by the time you guys listen to it, all the sharps have moved this line down to 37. And I still think you can hit it at that number because we got the Steelers playing with an absolutely horrific offense on their end. You've got the Ravens playing with RG3 against a good defense. And I think there's two good defenses. There's a little bit of weather in this game, too. I've pulled up uh, the weather page here on Roto-Grinders, and I'm looking at – let me find it. Uh, I'm looking at 80% chance of rain, 10-mile-per-hour winds, 50 degrees, right? You know, pretty nasty rain-wind combination in there. I don't know if these teams score thirty points, let alone thirty-seven. So uh, that's kind of my other call on that one. And uh, I don't know—is do you think RG three can get it done against the Steelers, or is the Steelers defense just just too good?
1: Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's a good defense. I don't think RG three is is Lamar Jackson by any stretch. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm going to avoid that.
2: Yeah. So I like uh, the under in that one. So let's move on to sort of the DFS plays of the week. And it's, it's pretty interesting because I, you know, we're recording this Thursday and we still don't know exactly what's going to happen. We can, we can kind of extrapolate based on the Vegas lines and what we think some teams will do. So let's jump into this at at quarterback. What are a couple of good plays? I'm going to go back to Danny dimes. I liked them last week. I think I can talk about them in a little bit this week and outside of him, I think the cheap quarterbacks are where I'm really looking. There's a plethora of like $4,500 quarterbacks on DraftKings that look pretty tasty if it all plays out how we think it will. But uh, what are your overall thoughts on the quarterback sleep?
1: Yeah, so I, I, I do think Daniel Danny Dimes is interesting. More like you know, like all right, that's a fitting. Danny Dollars. I'm calling. He's Danny Dollars. No, it's like, it's like it's like it's a coin flip basically of wh- which Daniel Jones are you getting? He has four 30 plus point uh, DraftKings fantasy point games, ranked second most among all quarterbacks. And in his other eight games, he's averaging 11.2 DraftKings fantasy points per game. That's egregious. So he's like the ultimate tournament play. Um, but but the quarterbacks I'm looking at uh, primarily, uh, I really do love Ryan Tannehill, who's, you know, if, he's, if he played the entire season, he'd be neck and neck with Lamar Jackson. Uh, in MVP voting, I think, or, or not too far behind him. Uh, he leads all quarterbacks in passer rating, second in PFF grade, second in fantasy points for start, second in fantasy points for dropback. Must-win game, Texans, bottom five against quarterbacks. Game doesn't really mean too much to them. Derrick Henry's coming back. Uh, and he's, what, the fifth-highest-priced quarterback on DraftKings, eighth-highest-priced on, on FanDuel, so I think he's a good value.
2: Are you ever worried with Tannehill? This has always been – I have not been on the Ryan Tannehill DFS train. I've sort of missed that boat, and now that he's priced so high, I don't feel like chasing it all the way. Are you ever worried that just the pass attempts, 27, 27, 22, now he's got a 36 in there, but are, are you ever worried about that or the efficiency and all that sort of sort of trumps the, the lower attempts for him?
1: Uh, yeah, that probably makes him a better play on, on Fanduel than DraftKings, but you know he's the eighth highest priced quarterback on Fanduel, so he's already a you know glaring value there. Um, but yeah, outside of the, the three point bonus for three hundred yards, you know volume for quarterbacks isn't really that important. Uh, typically, you know uh, efficiency metrics all correlate so much more strongly with fantasy points, unlike the other positions where you're chasing volume.
2: All right, so let me talk about Danny Dimes. Uh, the Eagles, right, they contain Dak, uh, his shoulder, what's that, silly string, duct tape, I don't know what was holding it together, getting shot up at halftime. So I'm, I'm not going to pretend like the Eagles defense uh, really did that great of a job last week. Um, the Eagles 24th in coverage grade on PFF on the season. Uh, and if you look at it, back-to-back really poor grades in the past two weeks. So even though Dak didn't have a great game, uh, the grades on PFF on those two weeks, at least in pass coverage, were, were pretty atrocious. Uh, The Giants, right, Tate, Shepard, Slayton. Uh, You've got uh, Caden Smith, Saquon Barkley, right? Like, they got a full plethora of weapons out there. Uh, The Eagles' D, uh, it's just not really looking too good for them. They let Dwayne Haskins, right, have a massive game not too long ago, and Dwayne Haskins, I don't think he's anything at all. Um, So, uh, yeah, Danny Dimes, I'm turning him into Danny Dollars this weekend, and uh, I think we can go back to him, Scott. So I'm giving him two thumbs up. Uh, What I want to talk to you is, let's hash out the crappy quarterbacks, right? The, the backups that are all 4,500 on DraftKings this week. There's some, so we've got case Keenum. We've got Bortle combat. We've got uh, Brett Hunley. H- how do we make sense of which one of these we want to use? And if, I, I think we want to use all of those over Will Greer at 4,600.
1: Yeah. So I think it really comes down to Blake Bortles or Brett Hunley in this same game. Uh, Bortles, has made me a ton of money in DFS uh, throughout the years, so we know he's he's a guy who you know he's not a good real life quarterback, but he can get it done for fantasy. Um, and this is a dream matchup. He's at home, um, site minimum salary, and then if Murray gets ruled out, you know it's Brett Hundley against an at least Jalen Ramsey list Rams secondary. He could. Rest all of their starters for all we know, and uh, Brett Hundley, like, an, not a good quarterback at all. But over his last six games, he averages 1.16 rushing yards per dropback. That's second only to Lamar Jackson. What does that mean minimum price tag Konami code? Yeah. So those two guys are, are the ones I'd be looking at.
2: Yeah, I think I like uh, Hunley over Bortles. I think Keenum's slightly interesting too. I think Dallas is going to put up points, and I think Keenum's going to be chucking in that second second half in that game, and even some garbage time that counts. Uh, you know, that's Blake Bortles' specialty too. So maybe Case Keenum uh, can channel his inner Blake Bortles and get some garbage time points for us at all. But that's really where I'm looking. Uh, I like your Tannehill call. I want to ask you on you know Mahomes and Breeze. Both of these guys are in games that they. They, they sort of need to win to improve their seating or lock up a home seat or something like that. Uh, up at the very top, which one of those would you rather do? Would you rather do KC at home against uh, the Chargers who will probably play him pretty tough or we got the saints at Carolina and I mean, Carolina just is, they're just an absolutely horrific team right now outside of Christian McCaffrey.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think Carolina keeps this close by any stretch. Yeah. Um, also, I think Mahomes is a little underrated this year. If you take out the two games he got hurt, he's you know basically very little drop off from last year.
2: Um, all right, let's go to the running back position. And there's a couple of guys. I, I guess let's start off with Christian McCaffrey. We can play the narrative game here, right? So he's got what well, he's 200 something yards away from Chris Johnson. He's what is it 60 something yards away from having a thousand rushing, a thousand receiving. The problem is he's going up against the Saints, who are a pretty good defense. Um, they force fed him the ball last week; fifteen targets. He got all his rushing attempts too. Um, the problem I'm running into this week, at least on DraftKings, is I he's ten thousand, and and that's cheaper than he has been. But I also think is Zeke is eight thousand, and I think Zeke should probably be about ninety five hundred. If Christian McCaffrey's going to be about ten thousand. So are, are we playing the narrative game? Do we expect the full workload? Do you think they'll pull him? There's a lot of what-ifs, and I don't like to play the what-if game on week 17, but it's really hard when he's basically the best fantasy player we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, you're, you're going to have Christian McCaffrey on 100% of your lineups, or you're just doing it wrong. Um, he had 15 catches last week. On 15 uh, targets. Yeah, So. Listen, the head coach came out and said, we're going to feed him the ball as much as we can. The offensive coordinator came out and said, I'm going to try and get the ball to McCaffrey any way that I can. Uh, He's basically a lock for like a minimum of 15 receiving fantasy points, uh, not including, you know, rushing and everything else. Uh, Could see potentially the best volume he's seen uh, in any game this year. And this is a guy who is just 32.7 fantasy points away from the greatest fantasy season by any player at any position in any season in NFL history. And he's not priced like it. He's not priced like 2006 LaDainian Tomlinson. Mm. He's priced like, you know, typical high-end RB1 having a good year. Uh, on Bell three years ago. It's stupid. Uh, this game should have plenty of garbage time. Carolina has nothing else but to, to prop up Christian McCaffrey stats uh, and I think they're going to do it and I'm going to have him on every single lineup.
0: Yeah he's
2: uh, pretty interesting so I think I think I'll get that first record right of what is it 60 what does he need 67 63 yards something like that to get the thousand a thousand or 67 67 yards so I, I think they get him that I'm a little worried right he gets that and they're like do we really want to give him like 45 touches
1: in this game and he breaks his leg or something like that? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? So no, they're, they're going to keep him in there. He's, he's top three in the MVP race. Uh, AP offensive player of the year, um, you know, potential Madden cover boy uh, they're, they're going to, they're going to feed him.
2: All right. My, my concerns are lessening, but Scott, I'm going to hold you to this, right? If I play Christian McCaffrey, if I don't get 40 DraftKings points out of him, I'm coming after you. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, so, I want to talk about Zeke, who I think is also, you know, you think Christian McCaffrey's mispriced. Like, he should be, what, like, 11.5 probably to you on DraftKings or something like that. I think Zeke should probably be like 9,500 this week because he's going up against the Redskins. Uh, they are the 28th rush grade at PFF on the season in terms of defense. Uh, they got obliterated by Saquon, obliterated by, uh, I was like, Aaron Jones. Somebody else went ballistic on them, too. And uh, this, this deck noodle arm, right, it's it's boosting boosting the Zeke PPR appeal for me because he can't really push the ball downfield, so you're getting some extra pass uh, catches that you weren't really seeing earlier in the season. Washington's allowed the fourth most rushing yards this season, the third most fantasy points to running backs allowed. And I pulled up the, uh, the PFF O-line, D-line chart. Uh, biggest mismatch of the week is the Dallas offensive line against this atrocious Redskins defensive line out that Redskins secondary is also completely beat up too. So I think Zach or Dak, even if he has to throw a couple of passes, they're going to be able to move the ball at will. I just see Dallas scoring a ton of points here and I, I see a hundred yards, two touchdowns, six or seven receptions for Zeke. And I mean, that, that is really tough to pass up at
1: $8,000. Yeah. And like we said, they're, they're 11.5 point favorites. Dak's hurt. Amari's hurt. Uh, just makes a ton of sense that they'll exploit this this run funnel defense with Zeke. All
2: right. You got a couple other guys here. One, we're, we're kind of waiting. One of them, uh, one of their other teammates just had surgery, but it's not affecting his availability. This is a really strange situation. So uh, talk to me on this Raiders situation, and then uh, you got another running back who's going to be I think pretty low on this week that you wanted to mention.
1: Um, yeah, so I just think There could be more value that opens up. Like, again, this is just like a a difficult podcast to do on a Thursday.
2: Yeah, like what do we do if the Rams say, Todd Gurley, we're not going to play you this week, right? Then we just get all this extra stuff happening.
1: And I think they do do that. And I think think Buffalo sits Devin Singletary. uh, And then, you know, do they try and pad Frank Gore's Hall of Fame numbers or, or do they sit him too? Then TJ Yeldon's like a borderline must play. If Gus Edwards... And Mark Ingram are both out. Then Justice Hill is is a borderline mm-hmm. must play. So you, you have a lot of that. But right now, uh, where, where that isn't, isn't as evident, I think, is DeAndre Washington. Uh, I don't see, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs' fractured shoulder, didn't play last week, had some weird surgery thing in the middle of the week as well. Uh, and in the two games that Josh Jacobs has missed, you know, Washington has been uh, – a bell cow running back, uh, basically top five are here, uh, 17.7 XFP, 18.5 carries, five targets, 20.1 fantasy points per game. Those are all top five running back numbers, and he's priced outside of the top 25 running backs.
2: And it's just 5,200. You get the PPR upside as well. And uh, I think, I mean, Oakland's got everything to play for in that game as well. Uh, they, they might know their fate. I think they're one of those teams that might know their fate, uh, at that time yeah, slot. Yeah. But you know, they could be playing to get into the playoffs. It's unlikely, but, uh, I expect them to be able to, you know, at least full go with Dwayne Washington. And I don't, I'm not expecting Josh Jacobs to play a shoulder injury. this weird, uh, infection surgery for something else he was having. I don't know. I just don't think Josh Jacobs is going to, going to end up making it. Uh, I want you to talk about Marlon Mack here because you have him listed, and he's someone – he's not really on my radar, but, I mean, I looked into it a little bit more. Mainly he's not on my radar because he's 6,900. But you're going to need the touchdown. You pretty much need the 100-yard bonus, but it just doesn't get much sweeter than a matchup against Jacksonville down the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a better play on FanDuel. But uh, uh, So I wrote him up last week stacked with the Colts defense as a must-play. Mm-hmm. He scored forty-eight point one fantasy points. That was pretty great. Uh, he's, he's not as strong of a play, but he's—I mean—he's he's right up there. Uh, over the last two seasons, he averages seven point one more fantasy points per game in victories. With twelve of his thirteen highest scoring games coming in victories, they're favored only by three and a half points. But uh, do think they should win this game? And if they're going to win this game, they're going to do it all on Max shoulders. Uh, Jacksonville has the league's worst run defense, second worst yards per carry allowed worst fantasy points per game allowed. And especially for the last six weeks, giving up basically 40 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Uh, uh, you know, Mac did get spelled. If you look at the, the box score, but, uh, a lot of that was, was in garbage time. It was like a, a super, super, super massive blowout.
2: Yeah. Where was your Colts D? Uh, and then you had uh, Naheem Hines. You were supposed to do that one, Scott. Right, right. Double <laughs> dip. A, uh, all right. I've got a couple other running backs I like this week. Uh, if you don't have the price or the money to get to uh, CMC, I like Alvin Kamara. I mean, you give me a running back against the Panthers, I'm going to trump you. Uh, you know, or actually, wait, what did you just say? You said running back against the Jaguars. I'll trump you with a running back against the Panthers. And I think Kamara is getting on track a little bit here. And the Panthers—they've allowed the most expected points added on run plays, the second most rushing yards, the fourth highest rate, They're the lowest run graded PFF defense grade uh, of the entire season, with three of the past four weeks being absolutely atrocious run defense grades. They don't care; everyone's running on them. You're going to get short fields from all these little checkdowns from Christian McCaffrey on third and thirteen, and McCaffrey will get his eight-yard reception and the Saints will gladly do that and they'll they'll punt it away and the Saints offense is going to put up 30 points pretty easy in this game. Uh I see it very hard for Kamara to fail. Uh what, 10 to 15 rushes, six to eight receptions, I think is probably your floor. I think he gets into the end zone, and I think that leads Kamara having a big game. And then I got the uh the flop lag uh, the Joe Mixon play. Can can we get back on board with this? He had the flu game last week. It didn't really work out. I saw that break uh, as we were live on crunch time, and I, I was just, like, psh, taking Joe Mixon out of all my lineups because I didn't really – you know, he's just walking out on the field, strolling along out of the tunnel, and I didn't like how that looked, so he disappeared from my lineups. Uh, I think he's in store for a bounce-back game. The Browns suck. This is an – implode. You know, like, o- Odell Beckham Jr. is going to throw a tantrum on the sideline. Jarvis Landry's hip's going to fall out. The entire defense is going to implode. It's all going to go – uh, out on the field for the Browns this week. And I think Mixon can just run all over them. That Browns run defense is horrible. 31st in team run grade over at PFF. Uh, and Mixon got 30, dropped 30 DraftKings points on him just a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I think Joe Mixon, if, like, I think the ownership's really good askew to skew to a very select few players. We actually don't have it out yet here on, on Roto-Grinders yet. Um, but I think Mixon's going to come in at low ownership, and and I love him to have that bounce-back game after everyone was going to use him last week, Scott. I like it. Good.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I also want to mention uh, Damian Williams, right? You were the Damian Williams truther to start the season. H- how about Damian Williams week 17 to, to close it out for a big win? <laughs>
1: um, yeah. I'm, I'm not messing with that. I think we're gonna No, you're not going to do that? No. It,
2: all right. I, I like Damian Williams a little bit. So um, before we get to Scott's article, I want to mention you guys, hey, we're back up on the YouTubes, right? They struck us down. They couldn't keep us down forever. Uh, we're back up, so if you're watching over there or you're watching on demand, click the like button, and if you want to get notified all the time whenever Roto-Grinders goes live, up subscribe, and you'll get a, a little notification on that. Uh, so, Scott, I want to bring up your expected fantasy points article to close out the season. This has been one of my favorite reads all year. We're still able to take one more week's worth of notes out of this. So you got two guys, Alan Robinson and Miles Sanders. I'll let you talk about those two before we transition to the other
1: uh yeah so uh i guess we could talk about alan robinson who uh you know he flopped last week but it was a worst possible matchup the chiefs ranked best in fantasy points per game allowed to opposing outside wide receivers even so since week 12 he ranks third in xfp per game If you don't if you don't remember xfp is basically a, a better way of measuring volume than just raw targets and End zone targets and things like that. So, third in XFP per game, fourth in fantasy points per game. Uh, keep in mind, he's just the eighth highest priced wide receiver on DraftKings. And now he gets a best possible matchup. The Vikings are giving up the second most fantasy points per game to outside wide receivers. Miles Sanders, I think, is going to go a little bit low on this week with Jordan Howard coming back. But looks like they're going to ride the hot hand, which is obviously Miles Sanders. Over the last four weeks, he ranks third among all running backs in XFP per game and fantasy points per game, uh, and he's priced well below that.
2: Yeah, Allen Robinson, uh, who's he got? He's got Blake uh, Blake Bortles throwing on the football, right?
1: <laughs> you mean Mitch Bortles? Mitch Bortles, Bortles? yeah. <laughs> nice.
2: Yeah, he's got him throwing on the football. You think uh, Allen Robinson, imagine if he just had a good quarterback throwing on the ball just once in his entire NFL career. I know. I think. I think it would be a complete stud out there. Uh, all right, speaking of wide receivers, let's keep it moving on. We've got this big debate, Michael Thomas or Julio Jones. And Michael Thomas popped up on the injury report limited today with a hand. Um, he wasn't present. It seems like he's going to be available, but you got to see whenever you pop up on the injury report, especially with a receiver for a hand, that's a pretty important thing. Um, but he's just been crushing week in, week out. you got Julio Jones, who without Calvin Ridley, has 35 targets over the past two weeks, just things you don't hear anymore of in, in the, you know this day and age of uh, the NFL where they really spread the ball around. He's become an absolute locked-in number one wide receiver. These are two players on teams that just get their best players the football. So 9900 for Michael Thomas. Let's pretend he's all free and clear. Or $8,500 Julio Jones. I'll even throw in an $8,000 Devontae Adams who has 29 targets in the past two weeks as well here. Uh, let's let's hash out which one we, we got to have.
1: Yeah, so A- Adams is another play. Uh, since week four, he actually leads all wide receivers in XFP per game, ranks third in fantasy points per game. Uh, Julio Jones, you know, uh, typically brutalizes Tampa Bay when he plays them. Uh, this is also the most exploitable matchup the first half of the season. Uh-huh. Uh, Tampa Bay is tightened up against wide receiver ones, but uh, and uh, over the last two weeks, Julio Jones smashing all wide receivers and XF per game, fantasy points per game without Calvin Ridley. Even so it's just definitely find a way to pay up for Michael Thomas, at least for me uh, in the nine games, Drew Brees has started and finished. Thomas is averaging 28.6 DraftKings fantasy points per game. 100 yards in eight of those nine games uh like with McCaffrey it's basically uh this is the third best fantasy wide receiver season in NFL history is he priced like it no not even close uh and it's a you know James Bradbury in shadow coverage it's like a slightly below average matchup doesn't matter it's Michael Thomas
2: yeah, just uh, how am I supposed to get Michael Thomas and Christian McCaffrey on MIT? There's a
1: salary cap, Scott. Are you aware of this? Yeah, but I mean, we were just talking about it. Like, there's going to be so much salary that opens up. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Brett Hundley. I like Blake Bortles. I like, you know, we'll see what happens when, when Mark Ingram's inactive, Devin Singletary's inactive, Todd Gurley's inactive.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like Julio. Uh, he's 84 yards away from 1,400 for the sixth straight season, right? If we're going to play all these narratives, I heard uh, some coach mentioned that out there in, in Atlanta. I read something on that. So he's got his little narrative going for him too. The targets are great. Um, you mentioned the, the coverage grades for Tampa Bay, right? They have gotten a little bit better as the season's progressed, but um, they're, they're allowing the fourth most uh, fantasy points on the season and 10th most over the past four weeks. It's just, um, I don't know, I think Julio's probably better than this new Tampa Bay defensive secondary scheme, so I really like him. And then we got to kind of hash out the mid-tier and the cheapies, and I think there's quite a few guys. You know, Keenan Allen last week, I thought he was a little bit too cheap, and well, guess what, he got a little bit cheaper because he didn't catch a touchdown, and I think Phillip Rivers is pretty toast. Um, he got 10 targets last week. I think he's still in play. Um, you got, I like golden Tate. uh, 11 targets last week. He sort of disappeared when Eli Manning was the quarterback and he's bounced right back to being uh, a premier option for, for Danny Dimes. So I think golden Tate's pretty interesting. Randall Cobb, he fits, you know, Dak Prescott's throwing range right now. Uh, John Ross, uh, if he's going to be out there running these deep routes and, and playing some more snaps, I think he's pretty interesting against Cleveland, who I think is going to get exposed. Um, I mean, there's a lot of like cheap wide receivers. I think we can mix up this week.
1: Yeah. So uh, we talked about this a little bit before the show. My favorite is, is John Ross. So uh, before he got hurt in week four, um, 34.8 fantasy points, 21.2, and then underwhelming 3.2, but 26 targets in those three weeks uh, that he came back from injury played on just, 49% of the snaps, 38% of the snaps, and big game last week. 79% of the snaps, 280 air yards. That was the most by any player in any game this season. 13 targets and two carries, just so you know he's fully healthy. Uh, 90 total yards. Eh, A little underwhelming, but whatever. Look at it this way. He's averaging 9.8 targets and 18.6 fantasy points per game. When he's playing on at least fifty percent of the team snaps. What's his price tag? Wide receiver fifty five on DraftKings. Wide receiver seventy one on Fanduel. That's just stupid.
2: Yeah, I think that forty five hundred dollar price tag is definitely uh, stupid. Good yeah. What? What do you? Any anyone else you really want to mention at wide receiver?
1: Yeah. So uh, uh, Stevie Sims, uh, seven or more targets, three straight weeks, ranked seventh in XFP per game. Over that span, Terry McLaurin dealing with a concussion might be out. Uh, Greg Ward, if Aguilar sits out, uh, he's the top cornerback match of the week. Giants, uh, terrible against slot wide receivers. Uh, I like him a little bit less than Steven Sims. But-
2: what about uh, Justin Watson, 4900 on DraftKings? Can we go back to that? Perryman, Perryman's price is getting up there. And on the full slate, like uh, I think we needed him on the – the three game slate for Thanksgiving, but I don't know if we need Perryman at 6,700 on the full slate.
1: Um, yeah. So over the last three weeks, he has exceeded uh, 14.5 XFP and 15.0 fantasy points in two, the three games that that third game, he just sort of disappeared, but uh, yeah, he's in play. He's a good tournament option.
2: Uh let's go to tight end. We'll round it out here. And it's pretty, pretty interesting position. I think the guy, all the guys we want, I think are pretty expensive. Like I'd want to play Kelsey, but I mean, paying $7,000 for a tight end just really kills what you want. You know, you it's, you can't get Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas onto that team. Um, Mark Andrews probably isn't going to play. Zach Ertz is hurt. So we, we step down from Travis Kelsey and we get into the, Austin Hooper, well he got a $1400 price increase cuz he was he was egregiously priced that last week and now he's priced appropriately at 5800. We've got
1: No, Tyler he's still Hig- cheap.
2: Yeah, we got Tyler Higbee with back to back to back to back 100-yard receiving games for a tight end. I mean, th- this is unheard of in 2019, but he's done it. Um, We just don't know who his quarterback's going to be. And then there's the guys I'm really eyeing would be Dallas Goddard. If Zach Ertz is out, I think he's in line for a a 10 plus target game. And then you can mix in sort of like the the cheap tiers sort of where I'm looking as well. So what's your, what's your favorite of all that bunch? Uh,
1: Yeah. So if Los Angeles is playing their starters, I don't think they will, but, but if they are, it's, it's Tyler Higbee without question. Uh, He's just putting up high end wide receiver one numbers and he's, you know, priced like a mid range tight end one. And it's the the matchup of all matchups. Arizona's giving up 26 percent more fantasy points per game than the second worst defense. Nineteen point two. It's just it's just obscene and he's just massive value.
2: Yeah, I think Higby, uh, if he plays and if some of the starters play and we, you know, maybe they say, hey, maybe when we rest Goff and Gurley, but well, we're going to play Higby and maybe we'll play Cup, but not Cook. So we got to really kind of hash out that situation and see who's active Sunday morning. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is unprecedented for a tight end to, to do what Higby's doing, especially to close out the season. Uh, Goddard is 4,900. Let's say Higby doesn't get a full-time role. Uh, And Goddard does with Ertz out 12 targets last week. I think he's going to be one of my go-to players at 4,900, the cheap tier. I'm going to throw some.
1: Can I just uh, pile on there? Uh, So yeah, last week with, with Zach Ertz in and out, you know, 12 targets, nine catches, 91 yards, one touchdown Dallas Goddard in 2017, put together the greatest receiving tight end season uh, in PFF college history. Like, Without question. The guy's phenomenal. He ranks as a top five graded tight end over the past two seasons. Uh, I don't know why if Ertz is out, we don't treat him exactly like Ertz, in which case he's mispriced by, you know, twenty three hundred. Mm-hmm. And then I think even if Ertz, who's like clearly not right, uh, plays, I I think I think Goddard's still still a phenomenal play
2: if you want to swerve off of that, you know, get a little weird in tournaments and sometimes getting weird in week 17, isn't the worst idea. Um, you know, we got Mike Gusecki. Uh, I, I had him over Hooper on my cash team last week and even in tournaments, because it got me everything else that I wanted. And I don't really think forcing in a specific tight end, even if that tight ends under price is probably the correct way to make teams. So I saved a little bit of money with Gusecki. Um, the problem this week, he's going up against the Patriots um no it's not if there, a problem well yeah well there, for a couple of reasons right one thing i know for sure ryan fitzpatrick doesn't care he's going up against the patriots he's going to just throw the ball and gasecki's gonna gonna end up catching some of those especially right because the patriots is, gilmore on the outside's the problem i think gasecki can still have himself a pretty good game
1: right so what, what i was going to say was uh uh, the Patriots actually have one of the league's top tight end funnel defenses. They, they probably rank, you know, middling in fantasy points per game allowed. But uh, in terms of percentage of receiving fantasy points allowed, uh, they're giving up the third most uh, to tight ends. So so how would you attack New England if you're Ryan Fitzpatrick? You would go to the tight end. You're not going to pick on the league's best cornerback core um uh, and, you know, your running backs are, are worthless. So uh, I like that. Also, you know, top five in fantasy points per game, uh, expected fantasy points per game since week 12. He's priced well well beyond that.
2: You don't believe in the Samaj P. Ryan revival this week for Miami? What if offense. that actually happens? I don't think it's going to.
1: I mean, if the great Patrick Laird couldn't get it done <laughs> –
2: um, yeah, so I, I think uh, Gasecki's pretty interesting. We've got OJ Howard. He nope. saw some targets. No, I think he's nope. slightly interesting at that $4300 price. John Smith is 4200. Um, you know he can run the ball, he can catch the ball. He's just a bad dude on the field against Houston who might not have anything to play for. so I think he's pretty interesting. I think you can you can have some fun at tight end this week. I think my my main targets would be Higby. I agree with you completely and Goddard. Those are like the stone cold players as long as everything plays out for them. But below them, uh, I think it's it's Gasecki. Uh I like Howard and John, who are probably my next targets. I'd probably keep a pretty tight core at the tight end position in tournaments this week.
1: I mean it's it's Hig for me it's Higby bar none and then assuming uh Rams sit their starters. It's like easily Goddard if Ertz is out. And then if Ertz plays, it's like Goddard versus Hooper is close, and then Jasicki is the the salary saver.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Scott, the, the football season, the PFF show is coming, coming to a close, right? But oh. it it doesn't end on PFF, right? G- give a, a glimpse into what happens like uh, over the course of the the season the playoffs of, of what goes on at PFF for the people right cuz i love my little PFF subscription i read all the articles fantasy i do dynasty i do the playoff stuff what's what's like scott's schedule you, you there's like no days off for scott you just guys keep just cranking out the good stuff over at PFF uh
1: yeah i actually don't really know my my playoff schedule i i, I do know that you know no days off got to got to keep <laughs> grinding out putting out content I'm sure I'm going to be doing our, our postseason DFS stuff. I think Jeff will probably take care of the.
2: Um, he's already. I saw he's got the 2020 uh, redraft rankings came up today. That's so. right. We
1: already got that out. <laughs> Lessons learned from Jeff. Um, uh, looking forward to do some some look back pieces, uh, but if you're in a, a fantasy redraft playoff league we're mm-hmm. gonna have content for that as well so
2: yeah there's a lot of those I think you might even find some of those on some DFS sites by the time the playoffs come around so uh Scott listen uh, Daniel couldn't make it I had fun with Daniel I've had fun with you whatever PFF wants to throw me next year I got you right we'll, we'll run this back next year I, I love um, the the team grades this year have been a, a real key really seeing uh, the ebbs and flows uh, I love that over on PFF on the premium stats and it's been a Uh, a really good year for me in DFS and uh, I will contribute it to all the hard work of ever, all you guys over at PFF some between you and the shows of Daniel and all the Jeff stuff. So uh, a hat tip to all you hard workers over there and uh, see you next year. Right, Scott. Yep. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for the week 17 edition of the pro football focus show. Thanks to all of you for tuning in throughout the year. And uh, for finishing out strong on week 17. So for Scott, I'm Brett. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out ya.